I fell in love with her courage, her sincerity, and her flaming self-respect. And it's these things I'd believe in, even if the whole world indulge in wild suspicions that she wasn't all she should be. I love her, and it is the beginning of everything. F. Scott Fitzgerald You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee S's. Before we get into the episode, we want to make a quick announcement. We have a merch store. If you like our motto, Write Selfishly, we have all sorts of products, different designs with our motto on it. Head over to writingrootspodcast.com and you'll find links on the homepage to go to the merch store, check it out, browse. There's all sorts of things there. It is a way to help support us with a little bit so we can keep this podcast going ad-free and free for you. And on the off chance we don't say it often enough, it's a great place to have a reminder in your world to write selfishly. Our four-letter word today is one I picked out, and there are a lot of other four-letter words that fall into the same category, but our word today is kiss. And we're talking about just having romantic subplots in your stories, which, gross. (laughs) I disagree. Romance isn't always bad. Ew. If you've set it up, you have to finish that subplot. Ew. This is an ongoing argument with us right now. She set up a romance subplot in her second book of the Chroma series, which has been published and released, so we can't go back and change it. And she didn't resolve it in the third one, and I made her add scenes to resolve it, and she is fighting me every day about it. (laughs) Well, okay. Serial killers hunting these characters down. What do they do? They stand on the beach and stare at the stars and kiss. You don't have to do it before the end. It can be the last thing that happens. You just need to resolve that subplot that you set up in the last book. It's it's tangential to the actual story, the interesting stuff. But here's the thing. Subplots are good. They help you get a deep, defined story. And romance subplots are easy. They are simple, and it doesn't take a lot of work to have a romantic subplot in there to add depth to characters. They need to be realistic. You can't just force two characters to get together because you want them to get together. Okay, let me ask you this. How often do you see stories that where characters aren't falling in love at some point. Why can't it just be they find and hunt the killer and, you know, Watson and Sherlock are just having a good time? Why does Watson have to fall in love? You don't have to have a romance subplot. If you set it up, you do. Ew. (laughs) There are plenty of stories out there that don't have a wedding, that don't have... Name one Shakespearean play. Well, we'll say in the comedy section, because tragedy, obviously, Romeo and Juliet both kick it, because that's what love does to people. Name a comedy or a romance that doesn't end in some kind of, they lived happily ever after with a wedding or a betrothal or something. Taming of the Shrew, yes. Much Ado About Nothing, finally. Merchants of Venice even has a betrothal. Yes, it is traditional. There are all sorts of stories that have romance in them, but there's a lot of popular non-romantic fiction out there as well. 
top of the list for me is The Emperor's Soul by Brandon Sanderson. It is a novella, so it's not a full-length story novel Couldn't even finish a full book without people falling in love. (laughs) But it does not have any romance subplots in it at all. Also, I would put his young adult novel Skyward in this as well. There are hints that it might be a possibility in future books, but it does not exist in the first one. You know what also doesn't have a romantic subplot? Schindler's List. Obviously not. (laughs) It is not the right kind of genre or story for a romantic subplot. (laughs) Jack Reacher, kind of, in that he never like settles down enough to actually have a relationship. There are a couple of books where he tries and then kind of gives up. There are plenty of kisses, lots of sex, not any actual romance and love. Yeah, that's not really his forte. Despite the wide occurrence in fantasy for having romance, The Hobbit, one of the stories that started the fantasy genre as we know it today, did not have any romance. Okay, I'll give you that one. It's hard to argue with Tolkien. But my question remains the same. Why do we need to have romance in our stories? What purpose does it serve? Love, the desire for love, is a universal emotion. Everybody wants love somehow. I'm going to go a little ancient Greek here. Whether it is platonic, whether it is eros, which is the romantic, passionate love, whether it is a philia, which is just an affectionate love, Everyone wants some kind of love in their life, and it's really easy to get a reader to connect with the story and the characters if they also feel that drive for love. And I think most stories, their heroes are right in that falling in love age range. So hormones are taking over any actual logic of like defeating the bad guy. They just want to get laid. Especially YA. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. That is why it's so common in YA is because the reader base, the age of the characters, they are all focused on what they think is love because hormones. Yeah, I don't have faith in any of those relationships. (laughs) Another reason why a romantic subplot is common in all genres is because it adds a cost to the final battle. They don't want to lose each other and they will fight and do everything to keep each other from dying. It is a way to drive their decisions toward eliminating the threat. Yeah, I suppose we can use love so long as at least one of them dies. I'm good with that. They don't always have to die. But in all seriousness, it also allows for a happily ever after if they do end up together. This is why it's so common in Shakespeare for them to end with a marriage or a betrothal or they lived happily ever after kind of scenario is they spend the entire story with nothing quite working right, with nothing working in their favor. Everything is against them. That's part of the Shakespeare comedies genre. And when they finally, everything gets resolved and put in their place and together, it's the, okay, we're finally happy because our problems have been resolved. And when people are happy, they tend toward the love emotion. I love everyone, especially certain people because they're attractive or whatever. Ew. (laughs) Especially in today's world, we don't live in a world of damsels in distress needing to be rescued by knights in shining armor. 
We live in a world where women can make the decisions as well. They can ask the guy out. They can do whatever. It is not as restricted in writing either. Writing is traditionally a idealistic format. So how do you want the world to be is how you should write a story. Okay, okay, okay. There's romance in the book. What do I do with it? First and foremost, make sure it's relevant. If you are just throwing in a romance subplot to have a romance subplot, something is wrong. One way to be sure that the romance subplot in your book is relevant is to make sure it helps the characters grow in some way. It helps them change and improve. So, you know the saying, sex sells, so I should just have all my characters get laid all the time. No. Yes, in many cases, sex can sell, but it is not always necessary. Unless you are intentionally writing the romance genre or erotica, sex doesn't always sell. I'd say a fair amount of books targeting adult males will have sex without any romance whatsoever. But you can have romance without sex. You can have romance without touching. Just look at all of Jane Austen's stories. They are the amazing purveyors of social distancing. (laughs) In that time, it was not okay for them to touch. And so the dances, they would get very close. They would have their hands inches apart, but they would never actually attach because it was not okay. And you still have so many people that love the Jane Austen stories and the romances that are created in there because it's emotional. It is connecting. It's not just sex and kissing. So if you have romance in your book and you can chop all of those scenes out without affecting the plot whatsoever, chop them out. Please, for the love of God, just get them out of the story. If you set it up in a previous book, you need to finish it. At that point, they are relevant to the plot. We do have to keep them in. The biggest thing is if you can remove it and it makes no difference, then it's not doing what we said at the beginning. It's not helping the characters grow. It's not changing their decisions. It isn't affecting the plot. If you can get rid of it without changing anything, there's a problem. Yes, either remove it or change something. In general, to help you kind of decide whether you have romance in your story, it needs to create problems. All of Shakespeare's comedies ended with romance and marriage and betrothals because it was all the romance creating problems along the way. If your romance solves a problem, we as audience members lose faith in your character. If she can't get that promotion at work, but her new boyfriend can help her get that promotion at work, and the romance is solving that problem, that's not a healthy investment in her because she can't do it on her own. Romance shouldn't solve the problem because then we lose faith in her. Again, we are past the world of the damsels in distress. So whether your story needs romance or not is up to you. It's up to how you decide the characters are going to change and develop and interact. Or not. Just remember to write selfishly.
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.